This is the Facade Podcast. Season one done and we all smash. Either or, neither nor, what's the greatest? What we not gonna do? What we not gonna do? It's trash in season two. Talking about no chasing crowd, yes we made it. 18 episodes coming going like the wind. Home for the win on his kingpin again. Flows and shows, both for 10, made mice of men. Got string dreams, perfect blend with this word smithing. Minus Western's nerve fine on a session. Who has blessed podcast mics? Like the living Christ, speak life into a topic. Vacay in the tropics, in the nest, can't stop it. Stay hottest, sons, no Phoenix, Janae, Kayo on the remix. Transition seamless, professor to MC elitists. In an instant, did it twice. Deja vu, when I say twice or 22, sitting on old school. Big body, shout to Lizzo, blowing smoke out the window. Season two, gonna be the snowfall. Crack cocaine in the prologue, never take it in vain. Deep, bare coast, name a better host. Kendrick Lamar of this cast, theme, black king, solo on the creek. Mob like I'm deep, grandiose, getting money coast to coast. Flows fluid, college years is the newness, secure bags, coroner, toe tags on a foreigner. Down low, listen, subscribe, podcast is the vibe. No run, no hide, let my voice be your guide. Tuck your chain, stimulate the brain. When I show up, watch out for the glow up. Facade Podcast fam, what's up? That was my ode to power. Check out the intro for season two. Here you go. From the Invisible Studios, this is Facade Podcast. Whimsical cultural analysis presented in relevant, understandable ways that critique and celebrate hip-hop while discussing our place in it. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Keith Hodgkins. Today, we begin our season two with Ether, where we pay homage to the 23rd remembrance of Tupac Amaru Shakur. Then we dive into our five random topics, our therapy exercise, Either or, neither nor, what we not gonna do, top and back and end with the detangle, where we discuss the thin line between lovers and being friends. Welcome. I know my nerd didn't always translate well, but here we go. So the year is 1991. And so Tupac drops Tupac Now. The song that I first heard about Tupac made me fall in love with him was Brenda's Got a Baby. And this verse right here stood out. She's 12 years old and she's having a baby. In love with a molester who's sexing her crazy. And yet she still thinks that they'll be together forever. And has dreams of a world where the two of them are together. Whatever. He left her and she had the baby solo. She had it on the bathroom floor and did not know so. She didn't know what to throw away and what to keep. She wrapped the baby up and threw him in a trash heap. I guess she thought she'd get away. Wouldn't hear the cries. Didn't realize... How much the little baby had her eyes. Now the baby's in the trash, he bawling. Mama can't help her, but it hurts to hear him calling. Man, when I, that verse right there. So because I was adopted and I had just been my birth mom, <coughs> that right there made me think about just abandonment, right? And as I began to listen to his lyrics, he was firing brimstone. He was good and bad, right? He He was... Man, in parts of me, he was everything I aspired to be because I couldn't, I didn't have a voice like he did. You know, he was the win and the loss. He was the turmoil and the triumph, right? And so in this ether, we focus on Tupac and Apley, and it forms the name of this season two, episode one podcast, Pass Fell. Here's a clip 
from Hip Hop Evolution. He was the black political struggle and gangsterism mixed in one bottle. Pac was evolving as an MC. Whatever he was going through at the time is what he would rhyme about. The pain and suffering, not only of himself, but of looking at the people around him and giving voice to that. And every subsequent record got better and better and better. He was complex. I am good and I am wild. I am Martin Luther King and I am Malcolm X. He was all of those things. But it was getting dangerous on so many levels. The singer was arrested Thursday night after a woman claimed that he and three other men overpowered her in a hotel suite. I didn't do nothing. I'm, I'm charged with being in concert with some guys. Where they at? Why me? Because I'm too pop. No, I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at the system. As a son of a panther, Pot's collision with the justice system seemed inevitable. But for Pac, there was safety in the hip-hop community. And he constantly connected with hip-hop artists across the United States, including his own boy in New York, Big. So, although Tupac and Big are a couple forever in hip-hop, and that's a tangled web that they wove together, for the purpose of this ether, I'm not going to cover that, that part of the legacy. So I just really want to focus on from 1990 to 1996. There's a lot of music that happens in between then. So for those of you who don't know, Tupac was connected to West Coast group Digital Underground. Now, Digital Underground drops their one classic album, Sex Packets, right? So it has uh, the Humpty Dance, the Show Chance, do the Hump. So that was on there. Sex Packets. Oh, man, Freaks of the Industry. <laughs> And they had a do what you like. I see guys and girls dancing. Oh, yeah, that was on there, right? So a year later, Sex Packets, after that fame, there's a movie. Uh, nothing About Love? No, nothing about nothing but Trouble. Right, on the soundtrack, they got a song called Same Song. Here's Tupac's verse on that. My name is Shock, I like to rock it. You can't stop this. Tupac, go ahead and rock this. Now I clown around when I hang around. With the underground. So essentially that was his splash into the culture. Right? And so the flow is stacked. And it changes over the course of his career. So I mentioned at the beginning, Brenner's got a baby. On that same album, Brenner's got a baby. He has another heater when my homies call. And this is, I love this. We play practical jokes on. Everybody smoke with their lokes and their lokes on. Girl by the dozen. Knowing that she wasn't. Time goes on and everybody grows. Now, I had a couple homies like that, right? I started rapping in, I had a, my rap name was Enlightenment, right? So when I was an undergrad, I had a DJ, Mark Patrick, my line brother, right? Uh, zero to nine, DJ, I was zero to nine. We was a group, zero to nine. DJ Comatose was his name, right? And so we, we did our thing, a little bit of thing, you know? 
We was we was back in the day, right? So I digress. So the year now is nineteen ninety three. So Tupac drops strictly for my niggas. Comes out, has two burners on it, right? This is the first one. He returns the the favor with Digital Underground with a song called I Get Around. Back to Cash Rack. Who break the they Sweater brother majorly. I don't know why your girl keep paging me. Ladies, take it easy. So what I recognize is that the duality has yet to evolve, right? So even though Tupac's not a gangster yet, right, lyrically, he's not a gangster yet. He hasn't begun that the migration towards the gangster side of, of his persona or maybe his person. You know, the more I listen to his music and as he gets angry, more angry and angry, he be angrier and angrier. He becomes, he emerges as this uh, person who's just filled with rage. You know, in hindsight, I listen to his music thinking that may have been his facade, you know. But he, he he walked the tightrope. He did the double dutch between the song that was for the streets and the song that was for the black women that honored them. And this is the standout song on this album. Some say the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Tupac care, but don't nobody else care. And uh, and when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot, but please. Girl, keep your head up. Don't believe him. You should leave him. Now the year is 1995, and he drops his most thoughtful album to date, Me Against the World, which had two bona fide heaters. The first one, Shed So Many Tears. I grew up in a house where my pops was cool with me shedding tears. I didn't get the toxic, the toxic masculinity joint. I got the Express Yourself joint. And so when I heard this song, I cried, and I enjoyed it. Until I got that thug life tatted on my chest, tell me, can you feel me? Remember Kato? Seen him murdered in the streets. Yeah, heaven for a G. Remember me? Those lyrics contrasted next to these begin to paint a picture of how contradictory he was, how he wrestled with his demons and his angels. When I heard this song right here, I definitely cried. Even though I couldn't relate, I had a relationship with my mom, just the love that he felt for his mom, despite her inadequacies, man, it, it showed me empathy and, and how it should sound on a track. Take my mama's place. Mm. Breaking all the rules. And we was poor than the other little kids. When things went wrong, we blamed mama. 
Hugging on my mama from a jail cell. Hey, one day, that's fine. He said, even though you was a crack fiend, mama, you always was a black queen, mama. And the dichotomy, right? He understands her wholeness as a woman. That Tupac, I miss that Tupac. One year later. So he, he's already dropped Tupacalypse Now, Strictly for My Niggas, Me Against the World. And that's just in four years. He's dropped three albums. Then he drops All Eyes on Me, which is a double CD. Now, a lot of people haven't really pulled out the double CD well. A-Ball and MJG had a triple CD, <laughs> which was dope, but they had throwaways, right? And so Biggie dropped a double CD. He had throwaways on there. Tupac, he had some heaters. Ambitions of a Rider. Scandalous. How, tell me, how do you want it? So sidebar, how do you want it? I was in the glass key. When this album came out, he had the it's Jodeci is singing on it. They got an unedited version. Every woman in the video is naked. <laughs> Man, I didn't even know they made unedited versions. Yeah, two of America's most wanted. Him and Tupac, him and Snoop Dogg. Uh, life goes on. Oh, man. California love. The remix. California knows how to party. Oh, so they want to be a thug. Holla at me, thug passion, picture me rolling. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He might only had a, a couple throwaways on this joint, but this song, out of all the songs on the album, this song, it, it pulled it pulled it full circle. So in my mind, death is always listening. And when you call for death, death is gonna come get you. I believe earlier than when you supposed to be gotten. Right? Because that's just how death works. And so in this song, at the beginning of this song, he gets murdered. And he raps the whole video in heaven. They had already filmed it. Everything was ready. They was getting ready to release the album. And this is on there. And so I'm just like, man. It's... <sighs> life imitating art? Art imitating life. I don't know. Change? Shit. I guess change is good for any of us. With the same line, but you still bold and hit the hood swole. Oh, you a Muslim now? So 
So this song is essentially about his homeboy getting his life together and wanting to live right, and Tupac just wanting to live wrong. So his, his career is taking a full circle since 1991. So he's in the song, he's in the same song all around the world. He, he's African regalia, right? Because he's a, the son of a panther, he's pro-black. His pro-black consciousness is centered, but the more that he's involved in gang uh, being around gang culture of California, I think it, it influenced him and it shifted him. Now, I, I really haven't talked about him getting shot in Quad Studios, thinking that Big and Puff has something to do with his being shot, right? That's folklore at this point. But I just want to focus on the workload. So he releases All Lives on Me February 13th of 1996. Then he doubles back, right? And releases this album here. On November 5th, 1996, the Don Kanuminati seven-day theory. And when I tell you it was some heaters on here, if he'd have lived through this, through this, this this was cemented his legacy. I think a lot of people forget how great of an MC he was, but these he, he has two songs in particular. Well, three to stand out, and I play a little bit of, of each of them just for y'all listening pleasure. is probably his most comprehensive album, right? I'm not going to play every clip. I could play that. I could run it from top to the end, right? It's, it's Toss It Up. I didn't play that. Life of an Outlaw, Crazy, White Man's World. The last song on here, Against All Odds, is one of his, it is complete, a complete release of vitriol, 
towards all of his enemies that he wants to see deceased. And it's just, it's ironic that he's already passed. It's a posthumous release. And he's talking about all the people he wants to see die. And so it's just, his career comes full circle from 1990 to 1996 when he drops two albums in his final year, right? One album is already out and the other one comes out after he's deceased. And so it's um, Tupac. The legacy of Tupac is, is phenomenal. The name of this song is, is Against All Odds. I'll play a, a bit of it for you now. This be the realest realest ever wrote Against All Odds. Getting blue. Don't salute. Think he lie like me? Took fire like me? I rejected the deposit. Now we out of the closet. Blow the mouth next time, grown folks. Close your mouth. <laughs> mm. Being a thug. What I failed to mention is during this five-year run where Tupac drops some of the greatest jewels the West Coast ever produced, he also had a cameo appearance in Nothing But Trouble in 91. I started out to talk with that. Number two, 92, he drops, he's in a film, Juice, as Bishop, <laughs> right? Sociopath, he that leads the crew, peril ensues. He's at the locker with Q after one of their homeboys got murdered. And this this the best scene ever. I, I memorized this whole monologue. Here you go. It's over. Everything starts from now. We all go down unless we stay together. Ain't no one man above the crew. You know that shit. Crazy, man. said that last time, I was kind of tripping, right? But now, you right. I am crazy. But you know what else? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about Steel. And I don't give a fuck about Raheem either. I don't give a fuck about myself. Look, I ain't shit. I ain't never gonna be shit. And you less of a man than me, so as soon as I decide that you ain't gonna be shit, so be it. You remember that, motherfucker? Because I'm the one y'all need to be worried about. Partner. Perfect delivery. <laughs> yay, yay. 93 comes around. Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson above the rim. I'm still trying to figure out how he had the razor blade in his mouth under his tongue without cutting his mouth. Can't believe that. That's in 94. Then he dies. But he had already filmed Bullet, which dropped in 96. Gridlock dropped in 97. And Gang Related dropped in 97, too. Man. Tupac. The poet. The MC. The gangster rapper, the actor, right? He actually he even read for uh, the role of Mace Windu for Star Wars Episode One, Phantom Menace. 
but he, you know, untimely death happened. John Singleton wrote Baby Boy just for him. Died, so Tyrese took the role. So we think about the greatness of MCs, the totality of MCs. I don't think it's a better MC who was an actor than Tupac, hands down. Common's a great actor who rapped well. Ice Cube, not so much as a good actor, but he rapped well. Tupac, to me, is the only MC that was a great actor, too. So that's a representation for Tupac. That's today's ether. Now we're getting ready to get into five random topics. Five random topics that converge together like the webs of a spider. <laughs> so, I've been all around the world, and I, yai, 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 and I got the frequent file of Myers. You know, I stay in the air doing my thing. Every time I touch down, I'm back and forth, California, getting ready to go to Minnesota. Boy, your boy just stay in the air, moving around. So last time I go home, I come home, I go to Oklahoma City, hang out with my boys last weekend. As a matter of fact, not this, last weekend. So we goes out to this spot uh, called... Uh, what, what's the name of it? I, I can't even remember. I have to, I'd have to Google it to tell you what the name of it was. So we go to this spot, right? And so first, let me let me preface this by saying, if I was a woman, I 1,000% would hate men stepping to me after like the fourth drink. <laughs> like the fourth drink is just, it's terrible. It's, it's, the fourth drink is absolutely terrible. You dig? Oh, it's called Sidecar. Sidecar and Barley Wine Bar, right? So anyway, we and my boys is there, and we hanging out. We might have been there like an hour. Well, maybe like an hour and a half. But we, we just watching women be disrespected and just, I know they was tired of these guys slurring, spitting in their face <laughs> while, they, while they talking. Like, it's, it's extra hilarious to me, right? So here, here's the thing, guys. When you step into a woman, it's like pass fail. Like, you got to be right with your speech or wrong with your speech and get in or get out. You dig? Excuse the pun. But, hey, if you're drunk, slur game is trash. (laughs) It's extra trash. Like I said, when it's a company with spit, it's even worse. But slur game, like, it's it's, slow. Like, you're slower. I see that. So, I was sitting down. Right, and this young lady was sitting behind me. They got so they got these these couches. So it's on a it's on a it's like on a terrace. You dig? It's on a terrace, and so we we standing outside, and we just kind of kicking it, doing our thing, right? And so as we're doing our thing, she leans back on my back as I'm sitting down, right? And so she is slossaged. Extra slossaged. So she leaning back on me. She's like, hey, what you drinking? I'm like, oh, hey, uh, Grandma Ye with ice. It's a drink of champions. I never heard heard of Grandma Ye. Can I have some? So first, I don't know if you got herpes, (laughs) right? Or, Or second, I don't know you, right? So you're not drinking. You're not putting your mouth anywhere I put my mouth. And I don't know you, right? So that's the first thing. I say no. 
I said, you know, I try to be polite. She's with all her friends. None of them are intervening. And so I'm like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and drink this because it's my first one. She says, well, I mean, let me know you're done. I'm like, okay, y'all let you know. So then she stays leaning back to back with me, and then she falls off onto the cement floor. And I know it hurt. Had to hurt her wrist. Extra hurt. So then her friends run over. Oh, don't mind her. She'll be okay. I'm like, yeah, she's not going to be okay. She's slossage right now. Extra intoxicated, beyond inebriated. Her liver is probably bleeding right now as she's as she's falling onto the floor from too many drinks. Too many drinks, right? But she wasn't the worst. I didn't really care because I'm not there to get numbers. You know, I put in my work in my 20s. So I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to decompress. But we in the, we watching these guys successfully fail <laughs> with a whack slur game, complimentary me too well, remarks that they giving, talking about cuffs of curvatures and what they would do when they get her home and all this other stuff. And I was like, man, whew, the game the game to change. I've I never been in a space drunk or high stepping. That ain't me. Well, you know, my alpha, I, I was step master when we won championships and took money and crowns. I was high stepping then, but not high stepping to a woman. Yeah, that ain't me. I don't have a, I can't, you can't have a distorted reality when you putting your game down, if you even got game, but I get liquor, it's liquid, it's liquid truth, and some dudes, courage, liquid courage, lies, liquid courage and lies, not truth, likely, when you're trying to step to a woman, yeah, don't do that, you, you disrespecting her, and you disrespecting you, so don't do that, especially if you're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be spitting in her face, <laughs> wow, you trying to holler at her, yeah, don't don't do that. Hold on. It's ISIS. Yo. Hey Dad. What's up? I have a question. What's the question, baby? Can you whenever you can you please help me with my homework? I need help with my math homework. Okay, so when I finish recording the podcast, I'll come home and help you. Okay. You gonna come get me? Yeah. Okay, so when I text you, come get me. Okay. Alright, bye. Bye. Okay. And so, yeah, so slur game speech, slur game is trash. So don't do that. Just, 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 you know, muscle up and say, hey, how you doing? Or whatever your lead in is. You know, I got a Bentley. <laughs> whatever, your, whatever gets you to jump off, then do that. Whatever works for you. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Topic two. So it's been a long time since I've been touched by another woman in a way that made me say, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> so my feet was hurting, right? Because, I, you know, I work hard and do my thing. So I goes to this uh, place in the uh, Quail Street, no, in the Penn Square Mall to get my feet massaged, right? And so I was like, okay, I think I want to get, I usually get the most expensive one. Well, that ain't the hot rock massage, right? And so I, I it was a uh, the the granular something tranquility uh, rainfall uh, cherry limeade massage, right? So I got to put my feet in the hot wax, which is great. And so the lady that was that I was talking to, like for the first, so awkwardness. I'm a, I'm a INTJ, so I'm an introvert, right? And so when I talk to a woman, just in general. You know, I just, I don't really have much to say. Again, we in a whole new era. And so we start talking 
casually, right? And so she's giving me the massage. Man, that massage lasted like 60 minutes. Like the conversation was was extra cool, but she went extra in. In? So, you know, I found out she was from Korea, that she moved to the United States when she was like seven years old. Now, I don't know how old she is, so I don't know how long ago that was. She might have been, I don't know, maybe 42. Maybe she might be about 42. Man, I asked her, I was like, are you the owner of this massage place? Because, hey, you got the gift. <laughs> you know how to use it. She, man, she's massaging my calves. Man. Ooh, I had to adjust myself in the seat. Because <laughs> my calves were so relaxed, I was about to fall asleep. Yeah, I was about to fall asleep. So I had to adjust myself in the seat to keep myself awake. She was like, mm, your calves. Well, so I don't want I don't want to do try to do a Korean accent. I don't want to sound disrespectful, like I'm being disrespectful. But I was like, she was like, your calves are so, you know, strong. I was like, well, you know, I'd be on my CrossFit. So, yeah, they, they sore, too. So she massaged my calves. And then she was like, uh, your heels, they don't have, uh, what was she saying, bunion? Sometimes she used, she was like, your heels are extra smooth. I was like, well, you know, I wear socks all day, you know, and so I don't really have my feet out. Like her, she had her feet out. She had some flip-flops. And she was like, well, her feet, her heels are bad because she, you know, she always, the dead skin is always accumulating. So she did the back, did the heel thing. But every time I get my feet touched, I laugh. And so she was touching the bottom of my feet. I was laughing every time she did it. She was like, are you ticklish? I was like, yeah, obviously I am. <laughs> but it was just, it was the culmination of me being tired, her being engaged in the conversation, and me, her making me relax because she was relaxed, her touching my legs and my feet. Whew, man, I didn't know. I Hey, I can't read body language, right? But she was... Whew. I feel that, hey, that's the most tip I ever gave. Because <laughs> I'm not a tip guy, but that, hey, hey, that, hey, <laughs> hey, that was the most tip I ever gave her. Yeah, I gave her, a, yeah, I gave her uh, a $10 tip, <laughs> which is a lot for me. I'm frugal when it comes to the tips. Like, I ain't never had the dean or a student walk in my office and be like, here, Here's your $100 tip for teaching a great class of publishing in the Journal of Negro Education. Like, I never got that love, so it's hard for me to give tips. Like, we all got jobs, worked a job. That's that's kind of my mentality. But that job was so good. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm. She had my mind. I, yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> so it started out as a quiet, a quiet, you know, pedicure and ended up as a, you know, I was happy after that pedicure was over. Not in that way. It, it didn't have a happy ending pedicure, but it had a happy ending pedicure because I felt good. We had a cool conversation, and she was like, how often do you get your feet done? I was like, "Let yeah, like once every six months. She was like, no, no, that's two. You need to get them done at least every two weeks or every month. And I was like, well, you know, my feet ain't going to be sore in a month, definitely not in two weeks, you know, and I was like, man. Oh, it just felt good, you know. I wanted to get her number so I could make sure that she was going to be there every time I did it. But if I asked her for a number, I didn't know if that was going to come off as me asking her for her number. And then she got offended. And then, yeah, I could have got arrested, lost my whole career. So, you know, but it was a great massage. So I encourage you guys, get your feet rubbed. 
But get your feet rubbed by somebody who really want to do it. <laughs> yeah, so that massage was, ooh, I'm still thinking about that. And that was a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, topic three. Check it out. So I've been having this impulse. I'm an impulse guy. So I be trying to avoid my impulses. Because they be bothering me. I be trying to avoid my impulses. So this is what I've been doing to students on campus. I shouldn't do it. They ain't, ain't nobody ever said nothing to me or tripped out because I hit them with the Kool-Aid smile afterwards. But I just been walking up to students. So students, they be in our building. I see them at the lunchroom or whatever. And I just walk up to them and untie their shoelace. <laughs> I like that. That's my thing. I keep my shoelace double tied. Keep mine double tied. But I just walk up, snatch it out. You know, right, uh, uh, do shoelace. They look at me. I hit them with the big Kool-Aid smile. They laugh. I laugh. I walk off, right? But what I'm getting ready to start doing, because here's the deal. I don't care what race you are or what gender you are. Stop walking with your head down, looking at your phone. Because what I'm getting ready to do is look for people who got cases on their phone, and I'm going to slap their phone out their hand. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. Somebody bumped into me. I was walking to get some Chick-fil-A. And a student, well, I don't know if they're a student or not, but they bumped into my shoulder. And their phone fell out their hand. And I just looked at them. Like, I don't care if your screen is cracked or not. You should have been paying attention to where you was going. But after that moment, I looked around. It might have been 100 people outside. I kid you not. 73 of them had their phone in their hand looking down. When I'm, with my, when I'm out walking around, I don't have my phone in my hand with my head looking down. Now, I may do it when I'm driving. <laughs> I may be texting while I'm driving, which I shouldn't do. But when I'm walking, absolutely not. Because I need to see where you're going, what you're doing. It's pickpockets somewhere in the society. Like in, in just any any chunk of society is pickpockets in it. So I don't want to get my pocket picked, right? So I'll be looking. Now, my son started me on this because every time I'm with my phone, my son slaps my phone out my hand. Luckily, I got this, uh, what's this, on the Pelican? Pelican? Yeah, I got the, got the Pelican case, so it ain't going to crack. I done dropped it uh, umpteen times, right? But that's what I'm getting ready to start doing. And I'm not paying for your phone. I, I wish you would say something to me about paying for your phone because it's cracked. Because I'm going to blame it on you. Because we, we got to go to court, they're going to be like, hey, what happened? And I'm going to be like, we bumped it. They walked into me with their head down with their phone in their hand. And it caused me to lift my hand up and it knocked their phone out their hand. And their phone got broke. I'm not paying for it. I'm going to win every time. Pay attention to what you're doing because I'm, I'm getting ready to do it. As a matter of fact, I'm, I want to have a facade podcast phone knock out of hand challenge. <laughs> Boom gang. I want you to run up to somebody, knock their phone out their hand and say facade podcast. If, if you do that and get it on tape, I'll send you $100. <laughs> 100%. I send it on. I post it on social media and send you a hundred dollars to help you get out of jail or whatever they gonna do to you after that. I got a hundred on it for sure because I'm gonna be doing it myself. If I get somebody to film me doing it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, one hundred percent. So please stop walking with your head down because you bumping into folks. And if I get my rotator cuff torn because you was wasn't paying attention, I'm suing. Two hundred percent. I'm suing you. So please stop walking with your damn head down. Third thing, fourth thing, actually, spirits. So my grandma, when my hair, when I grew my afro out, so in order for me to get married, I had a big afro, bigger than out the ashes. 
right? And so my grandma made me cut my shave my head bald because she didn't want me wearing an afro to my wedding, which is trash. But I did it because of my grandma, my Maddie, rest in peace, right? So I shaved it. But she used to always tell me when I get my hair braided, she would be on some never let anybody touch your hair. Cause people do evil with their hands. They got if they got demons in their hands, cause they've been putting in the evil work, it's gonna transfer into your head, into your thoughts, into your ways, and it's gonna control you. And I never thought about it like that. Like I was like, you know, okay, my pineal gland is in my head, right? It, when the sun hits it, it releases my melanin throughout my body. So maybe it, it might be some creeps to this. I'm like, hey, well, maybe, maybe grandma was right about that, right? And so this weekend, well, last weekend, Isis, she gets a weave, right? And so the her grandma braided her hair, took two days, took like, why does it, so sidebar, black women that braid hair, over and under in traditional African braids, whether it's a uh, Senegalese twist or it's uh, Bantu knots or it's uh, cornrows, I get it. Why do it take eight, nine hours? Nine hours? Now, back in the day when I had my fro, I braided my hair to the back. It might have been two or three. Unless I got the complex, you know, over, under, overlap, spelling my name, making the Oklahoma logo. Like, yeah, maybe. But regular, back to back? Oh, my goodness, eight hours. So my daughter gets her hair braided, and she still got all these synthetic bags of hair, but, you know, synthetic bags of hair like $11. I, 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 pay, I pay $50 or five bags, of, four bags of hair to get her hair braided, right? But as we was talking, they was like, so I didn't know you could get human hair to braid hair with. I, I, that's new to me because I don't get my hair braided, obviously. And so they was talking about human hair. And then we broke into this conversation about the demons that could be in the bag of the human hair. Like, you got your hair cut if it's really human. I don't think it's human hair. But say it is human hair. And say that the people that was combing and fixing your hair had demons in their hands. Like they was doing evil. And they passed that, that to the hair, and then that hair got on your head. <laughs> how, how do you stop that? Or do the demons fall off and it's disconnected from the head and go into the bag? Like, I don't want to ever experience that, so I don't know. Like, that's what curiosity I was thinking. I, like, I, I'm going to ask, I want all the women that's uh, just in the facade podcast hive, hit me in the DMs, leave a, a, a verbal message so I can play it on the next one. Like, I don't know what that's like, but nobody. First of all, you should donate your hair to uh, a bag of hair that somebody can braid in their hair. Now, if you're giving your hair to women that got, to make wigs because women got cancer and all their hair is falling out and they want to wear a wig, that's different. But if you cutting your hair to get paid to put it in a bag for somebody can weave it into their hair, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's that's pretty suspect. So yeah, I would definitely wouldn't do that there. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that there. So protect your hair and your soul <laughs> at the same time, please. Topic five. Check it out. So, went to my aunt's, right? So, we sitting in the house, and Nedra says to my aunt, to her aunt, which is my aunt, hey, I noticed it's only pictures of you and your husband in this room. 
Like, what's that about? Why is it only picture of you and your husband in the room? I comment, yeah, y'all being extra vain. All y'all care about is having y'all sell pictures of yourselves. Y'all should have just had hired a painter to paint a portrait of y'all, a big giant one, so you can hang it up in the entryway so people can see y'all to know it's y'all house, even though they know it's y'all house because they came to y'all house to visit y'all, right? And she said, no. I, don't, I only got pictures of me and my husband up because we the only ones that live here. And I'm like, yeah, that's obvious. And she said, I don't want pictures of my kids up or my grandkids up because every time I put them up, they try to move in. <laughs> I said, what? She said, yeah. She said, you know, they got that back house in the back. I put up my daughter's picture with her and her daughters in the picture. Two months later, she was trying to move in. I sent her in the back. She didn't take care of it. I had to kick her out. Then my other son, that's younger than her, put his picture up with him and his kids. <laughs> and his wife, he lost his job. She didn't have no job. They want to move in, so they had to move in in the house in the back. Then her grandson, who's grown, puts his picture up, and she was like, hey, I put this picture up. He tried to come move in. He don't even got no kids. He just don't have no job. He on hard times. <laughs> So she thinks it's causation. Every time she put the picture up, she was like, hey, some they want to come move in. And I, this is, hey, th this is 100. She gets a picture out of her grandson, great-grandson, right? And she's like, now, if I hang this picture up, he going to be over here trying to move in. And as soon as she said that, <laughs> he knocks on the door with two dudes that, that was with him that looked like they slept in a pile of dirt the night the night before <laughs> with all white outfits on. That's how dirty they were. They was disheveled. I don't lose I don't use the word disheveled often. These brothers looking disheveled. He walks in and says, I, grandma, I need I need to pick up some clothes. Uh I don't got a place to wash my clothes, or just can I stay here for one more night? <laughs> And that's sad. So I'm not laughing because he didn't have a place to stay. I'm laughing because I believe her. Like, I think it's true. Like, if every time she hangs up a picture, somebody from her family comes down to try to live. <laughs> I don't have no pictures of nobody in my family that don't have a house of their own hanging in my house. So, <laughs> hey, it's all good. Even though I have had people come live with me a couple times. <sighs> But that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, that's 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 a whole nother discussion. <laughs> we off that. <laughs> well, we get ready to get into the therapy exercise. Therapy exercise. So, my therapist always give me exercise once a week when I go to therapy. We talk about it. She said simply. What's your hip-hop player anthem? That when you hear that song, it makes you feel like you could pull any woman on earth. I said, any woman? <laughs> Maybe go some octaves. Any woman? She said, yeah, any woman. And after some thought and narrowing it down, this song definitely makes me feel like I could pull any woman on in any of the eight planets are on Earth. <laughs> yeah, even though it's a remix, this song right here. Uh, 
first I pop freaks all the honeys, dummies, playboy bunnies, those wanting money. Those the ones I like, cause they don't get nathan but penetration. Unless it smells like sanitation, garage, I turn like doorknobs. Heart throb never, black and ugly as ever. However, I stay Gucci down to the socks, rings and watch filled with rocks. My jam knocks in the Adabisi. That's what I wanted to say. And my jam knocks in the Adabisi. In the midst of BC. So when he said black and ugly as ever, however, that for me that was good. Cause I grew up getting called blacky, right? People was doing the anti-blackness thing growing up. And I was, you know, I was kind of down on myself a little bit because I was dark skinned. I was black as a thousand nights. But now we hey, we use the we use the darkness. We're gonna fight in the darkness now. We're going to blot out, use our arrows to blot out the sun so we can fight in the dark. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, ooh, that's it. So that every time I heard that song, man, I was licking my lips, sucking my teeth. Yeah. Looking around. How y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, so that was just, that was a, the 90s was a, the 90s, maybe hip hop's greatest era. I know people be like, hey, uh, the greatest hip-hop era is now. Like the last three years. I heard people say the more, more great songs have come out in the last three years than ever. Ever? 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 I don't know about that. That's that's debatable. But yeah, that ain't, that ain't it. I, when I heard that song, it's just a, a sort of remix. Busta Rhymes in the video. Heavy D was like, hey, everybody be quiet. Like, yeah, he had, it, it was just, the vibe was just right, right? His flight, his flight lands at eight. My flying flight lands at nine. My game, Jeffrey Ryan. Who? <laughs> yeah, lyrically, I'm supposed to represent. I'm not only a client. I'm the player president. Yeah, I heard Biggie say that. I was like, yeah, I was, I was two thousand percent sold on him as an MC. Yeah, even though he ain't Tupac, Biggie's good. Biggie got two albums. He don't have a greater body enough work for me to consider him top 10, but he's a great MC nonetheless. So that's my therapy exercise. Now we're getting ready to get into this either or neither nor. Man. Either or neither nor. So this is my either. Of course, y'all know, season one, I talked about it, maybe a little too much. My BMW got totaled. Because my BMW got totaled, I ain't got no whip yet. <laughs> so, you know, but I ain't too humble. So I've been riding the bus to work. Getting around town, again, take about four minutes. Well, two stops. To get to my job and get back to the house. Four stops total. I ain't tripping. You know, I like to just watch. I always get to the back of the bus, back seat. You know, get my Rosa Parks on. <laughs> so I can watch everybody. Because I don't trust nobody. So, yeah, I'm on the back of the bus. So I've been driving, test driving cars. I think we had number 11. So I got the chance to drive a vert. Mm, mm, mm. It's just something about pushing the button and watching the top go 
all the way back. Just a vert. I, I test drove a vert, and I was like, man, I, I think I might, I might want to get it. You know, Mercedes Benz. I ain't had one of those in a minute. The Mercedes was my first, my first car that I paid for myself, financed myself. I had the E one ninety. I had the red drink with the leather seats, the uh, cocoa butter seats. Man, how man? I might have been like twenty five. You could tell me nothing. <laughs> it was nuts. That was my first whip, boy. Yes, sir. So anyway, yeah, I was like, hey. I got to draw the convertible whip, and I was like, man, it's nothing like having the top back, feeling the, the sun on your face. You know, you just you just rolling, people looking at you. You're going slower than normal, not because I'm an attention monger, but, you know, hey, hey, if people going to look, I'm going to give them something to look at. <laughs> Standard 18-inch rims, iron, no. Composite? I don't know. Extra shiny. Yep. Like my forehead with a, with a cocoa butt on it or baseline. Yay, yay. And so I was like, man, I like the drop top jump. So I think, I, I think I'm going to keep looking for it. You know, I don't got no hair to blow in the wind no more. <laughs> Locks is gone. But I was like, man, this is, this is pretty cool. I ain't, had a, I ain't never had a vert. Matter of fact, I haven't never owned a vert. Never knew anybody had a vert. So I'm like, man, I need to, I might go on and just get the vert. I might call little Uzi and be like, hey, what you think of the vert? Should I get it? He'd be like, yeah, got the neon guts. Go on, get it. So I might, I might do that. Yeah, I might, I might do that. That's the, <laughs> that's a brief either. I like, I'm still looking for a whip. I done test drove again, 11, too many. So I'm trying to, you know, I, you know, I think I'm going to do, I think I'm just going to just, this humble all the way down, and I might get like a four fusion, so I can get like ninety miles to the gallon. <laughs> Rock a four fusion, ain't nobody gonna be looking at me then. Probably be less likely to get pulled over by the police and harassed in this city or my city in Oklahoma City, right? So I might just get this incognito. Give me something like that, a Chrysler two hundred. I might get that, you know, or, or a Chevy Impala, you know, get something that's made here. Well, actually, I don't even know what, what's what made anywhere. I don't really know that. But, yeah, I'm sure they make... Are they all make verts? Chevy and Polly? No, Chevy and Polly got them too, though. Do they make a vert? That's a Chevy? I don't think Chevy make a vert. They might make a vert. Hey, look and see. For me, look and see. For me, if Chevy make a vert, let me know. But, yeah, I'm like, hey, I might have to go on, do that. That's, yeah, I might have to go. I like the verts. Only problem with the vert is when the car roll over, your hair rolls off. <laughs> Cause ain't, ain't no roll bar in a vert, and it's just you're just gonna be you're gonna be the headless horseman. You're gonna be Ichabod Crane. <laughs> I will be Ichabod Crane. No head, no top on a vert. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see what that do. That's my either. Now my or. Mm. So when I go to places, you know, I like to stay in some hotels. You know, I like to stay at the W. That's a good hotel, you know. So I just got back from Palo Alto, you know. I was saying, did the uh, did the uh, camp for the Ethiopian, you know, uh, kids, and you know we got to move around a little bit. Stayed in uh, San Francisco, you know, was was posting up a little bit left, 
late, came back, you know, but stayed in this place. And I don't know if, if any of y'all ever had experience the dual temperature bidet. <laughs> it just it just ain't the same. It ain't the same no more. Like I want to eat something just so I can experience it. <laughs> the dual temperature bidet. Oh man, I can't like I can't compare it to nothing. I can't compare it to, like the first time you fell in love. Like I can compare it to that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, cause the water—it's like the you can have it be warm, like warm water. And it's just like it's get you right nice, or it's like you can do cold, extra cold, get you right in nice too. Yeah, you ain't got to worry about you know none after that later. I know some of y'all don't got control, you know, like other people do. So you got to you know. Tire tracks or whatever. Nothing personal. I ain't knocking nobody, but I'm just saying. The dual temperature per day? Uh, for me, that's extra it. I don't, I don't know if I... Because you just dab. You just dabbing off. <laughs> you just dabbing. Like, you know, some people... Here, here's how your skin get wrinkled. Some of you people, what y'all do is when y'all get out the shower, y'all get the towel, and y'all dry, y'all rub yourselves dry. You're not supposed to do that. Dab yourself. Just dab. Ugh. Barely. You use the dual temperature bidet. Woo! Just dab your cheeks. Dab your cheeks a little bit. Dab your dab your, you know, gooch. Dab yourself. You get it. It's all good. And you just like, it's like swimming. Kind of. But in a warm, it's like swimming in a jacuzzi while standing up, but you're sitting down. Man. Yeah. That's, that's, man, that ore is nuts. I never thought about it. First, I was like, you know, here's with toxic masculinity can keep you from getting a blessing, right? <coughs> well, your, well, your toxic masculinity can keep you from getting a blessing, so you miss out because you think you're too man enough to not get no bidet action. So I was that guy until I was like, man, I wonder, ain't nobody looking, you know, with nobody around, messed around. I was like, I got my kale smoothie, so, you know, got that kale and spinach smoothie with the uh, kumquats and the uh, mango. Yeah. I'm trying to get some okra and they didn't have no okra. I got that, man, like 20 minutes later. I was, yeah. But daytime, <laughs> I spent the rest of my time in San Francisco looking for somewhere to eat just so I could go use a bidet. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but it was great. It was absolutely great. So, that yeah, that's my, that's my either or is verts. Cars that got verts and dual temperature, but day. Oh, I, re I recommend everybody try it. Please try it. Do yourself, do the inside of your body a favor. <laughs> and pop that off. Now, my neither nor. When was the last time you had spotty cell phone service? <laughs> So, so I had a conversation with my son. So I can't keep my son on, on the insurance past 25, right? So I had a conversation with him, and I was like, hey, son, uh, pull up the Verizon bill. We got four phones on there. It's like 485 well, 385 for four phones. And so, okay, I'm like, my phone's paid off. You know, wifey phone got two more payments to that phone is paid off. My son's phone got two more payments to his phone is paid off. And I was like, son... It's time, man. Time for me to 
Gotta wash my hands of you, young gun. Time for you to get your own phone line for sure. <laughs> he looked at me in tears in his eyes. <laughs> he said, Daddy, I can only afford Boost Mobile. <laughs> I said, Boost Mobile? He said, yeah, I can, I can only afford Boost Mobile. And I was like, well, man, son, that's... <laughs> Boost Mobile that is hot garbage. <laughs> you you ain't gonna be able to you ain't gonna be able to stand somewhere and have a conversation on Boost Mobile. Let alone Boost Mobile, the kind of phone service that hey, you can only have conversations outdoors because <laughs> the signal ain't strong enough to go through concrete. <laughs> so you gonna be I ain't gonna be able to talk to my son. I don't know if you can get texts with the Boost Mobile or what. It's the Boost Mobile's a pre the prepaid phone thing. So that joint might not even work. Can't get an iPhone on that with Boost Mobile. And so I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I don't want to do my little man like that, you know. So I told him, hey, you can have my iPhone X and I get this new uh, iPhone 11 Pro for myself. Then that way you don't have to get the Boost Mobile because if you need to call me, I need you to call me, right? And so I was like, man, that's... (laughs) That'd be extra terrible for him to need me and have to use his phone, and he ain't got no phone, so he can't call. So yeah, we got the Boost Mobile is my is my neither, cause Boost Mobile is extra trash. I, I don't want I don't want my son to be talking and be like, Daddy, hold on, I gotta turn to the left. Okay, I can hear you now. <laughs> cause his phone don't work, cause it's Boost Mobile. So no disrespect to none of y'all out there that's rocking Boost Mobile. So like, if Boost Mobile works for you, like. You can't drive and have a conversation with Boost Mobile because it, it just keeps the signal just keep. And then when I was. Because the facade popped. That's how it would sound. Yeah, you'd be going in and out. It'd be extra trash. And so, no disrespect because I know I got college students as listeners. Some of y'all rocking that Boost Mobile, keep rocking that joint. As long as you ain't got Cricket Wireless. <laughs> cricket Wireless signal turn. It only works if you're asleep. So you got to pre-record your phone call and put it on there and call somebody and have that phone call with them then. Otherwise, that cricket, oh man, cricket is worse than Boost Mobile. <laughs> Believe it or not. So that that's my neither. Now, my nor, whew, okay. So I don't want to sound misogynistic about what I'm getting ready to say. That's my qualifier, but I got to say it because I, I, I went to the football game so, Friendship High School, right? Well, my daughter is palm, a palm goddess out there doing her thing, leading the palm squad. Friendship played Lubbock Cooper. Now, I didn't realize that football in Texas is nuts. Like, it's <laughs> here, it's like OU Texas in Friendship, right? I was talking to this one guy, and he was like, yeah, well, you know, Permian, he was like, last year, Permian beat everybody in West Texas. They was like 10 and 1, and then they went into the inner city and played the Dallas team, got to be 69 to 3. <laughs> Ain't nothing but athletes in the inner city. Gotta love it. Whole team of nothing but blue chippers. Gotta love it. He said, hey, yeah, so we don't we don't expect nobody to come out the West and win a state title. Because Texas football just it's just too serious. So Lovey Cooper had beat friendship like three straight times. And, hey, they was ready to get beat down again. It was 21-21 at halftime. Then it was 35-28. Fourth quarter, we get a pick six, touchdown, 
four overtimes later, 61-58, we get the win. Yeah! People going crazy. All I could think about the whole time I was there was why come these women's makeup don't match their necks? <laughs> Y'all was out there looking like geishas. Come on, man. <laughs> Do something with that. When you're in the mirror, somebody... Hey, here's the deal. The dudes in my crew, I got sharks in my tank. So the dudes in my crew, the dudes in my crew, they going to tell me, hey, man, that bow tie ain't that not ain't right. They going to tell me your edge up ain't even. They going to tell me, hey, your beard is too scruffy. You look like uh, Anthony Thomas. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. And so I was like, hey, I didn't say nothing to none of the women because it ain't my place as a man to step into that a woman's space. But if your face is a different color than your neck because your makeup color ain't sequenced properly, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. I'm 100% against blackface. Blackface is historically disrespectful. It's demeaning to people of African descent. But whiteface? <laughs> oh, man. Whiteface is terrible. It's terrible. Some of those women, look they was out there looking like ghosts. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't understand. You don't want to look. You don't want your face to look like Casper, the Philly Ghost, and then your rest of your body is all is kind of balmy anyway. Come on, kind of balmy anyway. So if your face looking like a dead boy and the rest of your body is just kind of balmy anyway, looking like snow outside, that ain't hey, that ain't cool. I could imagine nothing whiter than snow, lighter than snow. <laughs> don't. Do that, ladies. Please don't do that. Make sure your face makeup is the same color as your neck makeup. And I know some women, they laugh and listen to the podcast right now because they got friends that do that. And if you're a person that does that, please don't do that. Get Fenty. Rihanna got you. She got you. She got like 56 colors of the spectrum of women. And so it's not just for black or brown women of color. Get you some and take care of your skin, please. <laughs> And that's my neither nor boost mobile or mismatch makeup to your skin and your face and your neck. <laughs> Don't <laughs> do that. What we not going to do. Just so you know. This right here. right here.
see my nigga went to do a little acting. That is for anyone asking. Give me one and pass him. Drip, drip, drop. There it goes an orgasm. Now you coming out the side of your face. We tapping right into your memory bank. Thanks. So pick up the ticket. Let's see your seatbelt fastened. Trunk rattling like two midgets in the back seat. Rattling. Speaker box vibrate the tag. Make it sound like aluminum cans in the bag. But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that B-A-S-S-A? But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that B-A-S-S-A? So apparently, what we not going to do, and I ain't going to even get loud about it, is compare Earth Gang to Outcast on any second, minute, hour, day, week, month of any year, in any decade, in any century, of any millennial ever. Let me be clear. Earth Gang is a good group. Earth Gang is not worthy of even the the hint of whisperings about getting compared to Big Boy and Three Stacks. Just don't do it on no day. Actually, here's the here's the only day you can do that on. Never's day. <laughs> Yeah, compare them on Never's Day. Because let's be clear, that ain't the same thing. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. So here's the thing that I don't like about Twitter, right? So Twitter, people, they just run. They just run with it. They run with it. So I get Mirrorland. It just dropped. It ain't even been out a week. Earth Gang, they got some cool music on there. And so, sidebar, I like Sir. Sir's on Twitter. 9719 tweets this Earth Gang-ish, though. Mind-blowing emoji. And I get it. It is mind-blowing Earth Gang. I just, I so I be on Twitter. But I also be on IG. So this is, this is Earth, I'm going to read this to you. This is Earth Gang's IG. This is what they say. Quote, you see, Atlanta been rocking with us. It's been zone four squats all day and day. We blessed to stand on the soldiers of greatness and be the light for the new generation. To be compared to legends is a humbling honor. But know that we're blazing our own, capital letters, O-W-N, path for the next ones out of Atlanta. There's only one outcast. There's only one goodie mob. And there's only one Dungeon family. And we are Earth Gang, baby. That's what they said. Yeah, we just getting started. And we appreciate that. Y'all are getting started. And we're going to keep it where it's at. Started is where y'all at. Earth Gang is cool. But what we're not going to do is think they outcasts. Because <laughs> they not. And I get it. People, they get excited, man. People be excited. And they be, you know, extra turnt, you know. This is what Big Boy himself had to say about the comparisons. There, there was a comparison between uh, the new group Earth Gang oh, okay. and Outcast, and somebody said something to the effect of Earth Gang is like having two Dre's, and everybody went in on her because they were like, yeah, you must not dope how big, you must not know how dope Big Boy is. Yeah, my son, you know what's crazy about that? On the way here, my son, uh, he, he, he go to school up here, mm-hmm. and he, he hit me, he was like, Dad, he FaceTime. He's like, well, yeah, it was like home. He's like, I thought something happened to you. He's like, what happened? It's like, you're trending on Twitter. It's like, yeah. um, 
white bitch had said something. I was like, what? I was like, who, who, what? I was like, what? He said, yeah, but they're killing that broad, man. I was yeah, like, they was. I was like, what, what's going on? He's like, oh, it's, it's good. I mean, I was just like, yeah, they, they, you know, they killing. I was like, I see you in a little bit. So, I don't know. I, I mean, think it was more because of how they dress. You know, both of them have that. Man, they, they were some really crazy stuff. I okay. think that's what it is okay. more than just the, the lyrics. Because, come on, you can't say that without saying big. But, but it was the big disrespect that got everybody, yeah. like, and yeah. an, an outrage. And I was talking about I was like, man, people must forget how big the way you move was when Hey I was out. It wasn't right. like that was just some second-tier yeah. single. Right. Oh, like, man. When you, when, you, when you reach God MC status, it's hard for people to see you up here in the class. Hey. You know? I mean, <laughs> I know that's right. Which when you reach God MC status, it's hard for people to see you up in these clouds. That was the Breakfast Club, Charlamagne the God, uh, Sleepy Brown, Big Boy, Enzo Yee talking. But yeah, that's what we're not gonna do. We're not gonna compare Earth Gang. They may be lookalikes, and they ain't even lookalikes, really. They wanna be likes. Yeah, Earth Gang is not outcast. So that that's a short, that's a real short conclusion. <laughs> To what we not gonna do. Yeah. Short conclusion. Yeah. Talking about. <laughs> so, we had one hour and 13 minutes. We didn't breeze through it. The breeze through it. Season one, episode. Sorry, season two, episode one, side podcast, pass, fail. Talking about this is the section where y'all ask questions, I give answers, right? Real, real casual. This is the question from, well, I won't say who, from this person, right? Question is, why do you believe that there, this is the clout chasing era, or do you? So, this is my thing. I think clout chasing is when people try to gain attention for clicks and views to go viral, right? I blame it all on MTV Cribs. <laughs> so here's why. So when I went to SMU as a freshman, I didn't know I was poor until I seen what other people had. It was a guy in my residential hall had a watch that cost more than the house I grew up in, right? And so I think that when MTV Cribs, so Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, I never watched that. Like, I didn't feel like it was. It didn't have a hip-hop appeal to it. I couldn't relate to other people. I didn't know who they was. But MTV Cribs, like, it was about music, people that was rich, not wealthy, rich, because they had nice cribs that they stayed in, right? And so I was like, okay, I can dig it. These cribs is cool. You know, I, I ain't going to never hit that status, but I'm good. But I said, I think this generation right here, so if you, again, if you're on the college campus, you probably Generation Z, Right? Which means your whole life you'd have had a social media where you could look at other people doing stuff you couldn't afford to do. <laughs> so because of that, I think that they, this generation's attention, you know, their self-esteem is attached to their social media. Likes, clicks, fades, whatever they got that they have to have it. And so, yes, to answer your question, like this is the, this is the cloud chasing era for attention. You know, this is this is the first generation where you can get ten, attention instantaneously in ways that I couldn't. I didn't know if I had attention. My attention was just based on people that can see me in real life. But now, your real life, you might as well have an avatar. Like, your avi must be somebody that ain't you 
because now you can reach out to the whole world. You can get approval or disrespected but instantly by the whole world clicking, right, quickly. Just like uh, I forgot the name of the person that they was talking about in uh, about Big Boy. She put it out there. People snapped their head off quickly. And so, yeah, this is this is definitely the era of cloud chasing. I'm anti-cloud chasing. Like, I'm, I'm here to do my thing. I do what I do, and, uh, yeah, I do it. <laughs> the Facade Podcast ain't about followers. It's about it getting thoughts out into the public sphere for debate. That's all it's about, really. I'm no, I'm no longer angry. We're moving forward. New season, new new heights to climb. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the talking about section. So we're going to get into the last part, the D-Tangle. D-Tangle. <laughs> Man, this is a tricky one. So it's based on the conversation that I had with a woman friend. She said, I love my guy, but the experiences that I have with my side guy are more exhilarating. <laughs> What's going on? What's wrong with that? And I said, maybe you're just greedy. Like, maybe you want a guy and a side guy. Maybe your guy stimulates you intellectually, but he won't take no chances. And so your side guy, he may not stimulate you intellectually, but he take chances. So he got you out there doing stuff you want to do with your guy, but your guy got you up on a pedestal, and you don't want to step down on the pedestal, but with the side guy, you can just be yourself. You don't have to worry about living up to lostly false expectations, right? Because you're human, so none of us are standing on a pedestal. And so today's detangle is about this, essentially. If you got two people in your circle, and you with that, be with that. But if you got one person in your circle, hang on to that one person. Because that person can stimulate you intellectually, and that one person can be exhilarating. You just got to, you know, take them to the top of the mountain and jump off with them. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have to ask permission to try something new that you ain't never done before. Right? And, I mean, if your person loves you, as long as it ain't hurt, as long as it don't hurt. So all that hot candle wax and all that. <laughs> For some of y'all, that ain't it. That ain't the bar. And so I get that. So don't do that. But, yeah. And plus, you can talk to your person and say, hey, you ain't exhilarating to me. What we got to do to turn turn this up a notch because, you know, I don't want no side guy. <laughs> so that's the detangle. If you're going to love your two, love your two. If you're going to love your one, love your one completely. But start by loving your one. That's yourself. Anyway, we out. Thank y'all. Season two, episode one is Finito. Facade Podcast is written and produced by me. Original theme music by my man G. Auto editing by me again. If you enjoy the Facade Podcast, help me spread the word by telling a student, friend, family member, or co-worker about the show. Follow Facade Podcast playlist on Spotify, where you can find music playlists curated by yours truly, Doc Hotch. And also be sure to introduce yourself at Facade Podcast on Twitter and IG. Okay, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. We out. Talk to you next week.